Less Than 2000, the podcast. Are you, are you ready to have your mind blown? I, I am. Uh, go for it. There is something from 2020 that I actually really like. Bullshit. Dead serious, man. I am not bullshitting you. There's no way that you have something past 2000 that you actually like. The Final Fantasy VII Remake. The game came out in 1997, bro. You actually oh. like something from 1997. You don't like something from 2020. <laughs> they just remade the game. So you can't sit here and tell me you like something, you know, post 2000 because, sorry, you still got nothing. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I've been playing the hell out of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm almost done with it, and I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's just fantastic. And as you pointed out, Final Fantasy VII was from 1997. So we're going to talk about that stuff today. I'm okay, I'm okay admitting this. Okay, I've not played the game yet. The side-by-side -side comparisons from, from the 1996 version to the, to the one that just came out is mind-blowing. It looks incredible. The detail in the characters is fantastic. Wrap your head around this. In 1997, the original Final Fantasy VII was mind-blowing in terms of graphics. I mean, this was such a step ahead from really anything that had come before it, Final Fantasy or otherwise. I mean, the 3D digital effects, the CD-based gaming, getting away from the sprites of the 80s and 90s from the Nintendo era and going full on polygon 3D and with full motion videos, it was completely revolutionary. So as good as it is now, that is the a similar experience for what it was like to be in 1997 uh, with this game. And from that perspective, it's pretty amazing. I mean, Final Fantasy is arguably one of the greatest game franchises that, that that's ever existed. And it's really cool that they went back and they remade one of the best, most epic games that was so groundbreaking and to make it even cooler today in terms of the effects and the way it looks and all that kind of stuff. That being said, nothing beats the original. So let's go all the way back to 87 when this game first came out, the original Final Fantasy. I don't believe, I, Zelda came out in a, a year before that and that was kind of open world and all that kind of stuff. But Zelda and Final Fantasy were about the first times that you had an open world universe where you could move left, right, up, down, and, and sort of move about. I was used to like Super Mario Brothers where it was 2D and you went left to right. When that like open world stuff came out, couldn't get into it. To bust your balls a little bit, and, and to be honest with you also, I think that probably goes back to you never really got super into it when you were younger. And I have a theory as to why. I mean, first of all, my first experience with JRPGs uh, goes back to, like so many from our generation, Dragon Warrior on NES, 1986, the year before Final Fantasy was released. And I got it free like so many other people, 86. And I got it like so many people, free with a subscription to Nintendo Power in 1987. And so I had this game and this guide, and I fire it up, and what do I see? text nothing but text and 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 that game was just like a one-on-one -on -one fight you couldn't see the two players you just saw the enemy and you inputted commands there were really no major spells like the spell was hurt there was no fire there was no ice there's nothing like that i, I do remember that and, and so my theory behind why you didn't get into it 
is that it involved so much reading. In 1986, Chad just wasn't going to have any of that. I want to argue and like call you a piece of shit and tell all of the people listening that I love to read. I've always loved to read. You're probably right. Back then, you literally like had to think about what you want to do. You'd be like, okay, well, okay, I can, I can attack this way. I can do this. I can do that. It's boring to me. I mean, it was just you know, like I wanted Castlevania. Definitely. And then you get all this reading and math and uh, you know inventory management. But then I 19- still to this day, I still to this day, if it's not easy to find ammunition, I, I turn the game off. <laughs> but I, I would think that maybe 1987's Final Fantasy by Squaresoft may have had a little bit more appeal to you because you could see more of the action and there was less reading. So Final Fantasy uh, actually was, came out in Japan in 87. It was released here in 90. And Dragon Warrior was released in 89 here. Final Fantasy had so many things over Dragon Warrior. It had parties. You had a four-member party instead of just one guy. You, you, it actually had a story behind it, a more involved story. There were spells, way, way more spells than just hurt. And there were, there were animations to that spell. And instead of just looking at the, the one enemy and, and imagining uh, the fight, you could actually see the guys, one row of guys on one side and that row of enemies on the other. And you saw the guys whack them with their sword. You saw the flames come out of their hand. And, and, and that was, and when you got a new sword, the, the graphic changed, and that was pretty damn cool at the time. Way cooler than Dragon Warrior. It was absolutely revolutionary at the time. Nothing like that had ever been done before. Just the name, even. I mean, I remember going to the uh, the video store at Albertsons and seeing it the first time, and I'm like, what a f***ing cool cover. I mean, it's got this orb, it's got this floating castle, and it just the name Final Fantasy just sounded so cool. I could not wait to play it. And I rented it multiple times before I actually bought it. And and every week it was like you're just hoping that the, the save file is still there, that somebody didn't rent it during the week and overwrite it. So that, that's what we had to deal with. What's crazy is that wasn't the original name that they wanted. Oh, you're about to school me on something. There was a game that already existed that they wanted to name it. Oh, yeah. Here's the funny thing. This Square, the original developer, they were about to go out of business. This was the last game that they were going to put out. So what they ended up doing is they, they wanted to name it something else. So they ended up just naming it Final, as in the final game they're going to put out. So it was Final Fantasy. Yeah, it was originally called uh, Fighting Fantasy. That's right. This game, imagine that. They were on the brink of not existing anymore, and they created a, a, something that has lasted close to 40 years now. And so so we are, uh, or 35, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, I was so, going to say, oh yeah, who's who's bad at math? So, oh no, 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 I, I'm bad at math, you're bad at reading. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, that's how we're breaking it down, okay. Yeah, yeah, so... The, the game took you all over. It, it just took you all all over. I'll just I'll just read what I read. I'll just I'll just read directly uh, what I wrote today. It took you on an exciting adventure all over the planet, into volcanoes and ice caves, the bottom of the sea to the skies, across deserts and deep into the earth. You encounter everything from witches, fairies, and mermaids to pirates, vampires, and robots. That's a awesome game i'm so glad you actually wrote that out from now on we we we, just, we should write that 
<laughs> that should be the opening. That'll be the cold opening moving forward. It, it, it had you, you. You had multiple party members you could choose from. There were six classes, and you could only use four. So it was fun to. It has a lot of replay value even today because you can mess around with the classes. And and I don't care what anybody says. I still like the thief. If I play, I put the thief in it. And and the thief is worthless in the game because so many of the uh, mechanics of this game are broken. They just didn't work as intended, including the luck stat, which is helps you run. And so that was broken, and that made the the thief basically worth, worthless until the class change, and he becomes a uh, a ninja, and then he's like the the the, the baddest ass warrior. Remember how I had. Where my office is now. Remember how this was like the hangout room with the TV, with the with the with the Nintendo game system. I sure do. Yeah, and so this is where you and I actually played the game, and we sat and we played for hours, man. And I think that's one of the reasons why, not to get sentimental, part of the reason why I think I really liked that game is because we played it together. I mean, it was different for me. I was used to like Mario basketball, like. Castlevania, but this was so fun for us to play because we just hang out. We could play it for hours and it wasn't really fast paced. So we could actually sit, communicate, talk about it and play the game. And it was just, it was just fun, man. It, it was fun. It was a great play, game to play together. Cause it's like, there was so much leveling up. You had to do grinding. You had to get gold. You had to get experience in order to advance. Otherwise you get killed by the enemies. And so that's one of those things. I mean, hours upon hours of doing nothing, but walking back and forth on the little map and waiting for a random encounter and then you get a fight you win some gold and i hope you get enough for the new sword or the new spell you get enough experience you level up enough but i i love that i have great memories of that too final fantasy they literally gave a long game with lots of intricacies with leveling up and it took time and so you got really invested and i think a lot of game developers even even today don't do that they just sort of like jam the title down your throat it's gonna be epic and awesome and then it ends really quick and that's it okay so 1991 we get the super nintendo and we get final fantasy 2 which is one of my personal favorites of the whole series this was this taking it to the next level first of all it's actually the fourth one in the series and then final fantasy 3 came out in uh, 1994, and that was actually Final Fantasy VI. So they they were skipping ones in the U.S. because they weren't doing all that well. You know, it took a long. It wasn't until Final Fantasy VII that it really took on in the West. Well, Final Fantasy VII was really where I mean that changed everything. It took the gamers that really liked this type of game, and it now opened it up to a much broader audience. Absolutely, dude, and and because uh, largely because of the advertising campaign. There had never been anything like this. They threw so much money, tens of millions, uh, into an advertising campaign because they were like, this is the game that's going to make or break us, and this is the game that we really want to catch on in the West. I hear a lot of younger people talk about how they don't understand what the big deal was with Final Fantasy VII. They're like, they play it now, and, and there are elements that don't hold up that well. There are elements that didn't age well. Like the, the blocky polygon Lego kind of graphics for some of the character models. And it, it looks really, the gameplay is really outdated compared to, to what? If you're used to modern and then you go back and play Final Fantasy for the first time, Final Fantasy VII for the first time, you're like, this is the game? This is the game that, you know, sold over 10 million copies? This is the game that my older brother th says is the best thing ever? 
Yeah, it was because at the time there was nothing, absolutely nothing on that level or even close to it. There are people that were you know, born in 2000 have no idea what games were like before that. So when you see something like that, you go like, wow, this is really primitive. If you weren't there for the revolution, it's kind of like if somebody older than us came up to us and were like, dude, no, Pong is the best game ever, man. I'm telling you, Pong was mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing all this stuff for Final Fantasy advertising made me go out and, and, and buy a PlayStation in that game. And, and it is my favorite game of all time. The original Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. Not saying it's the best game, but it's the one that I played the most. It it never gets old to me. There are um I I love it. It reminds me it gives me nostalgia, but it makes me think and it's just it's just fun and enjoyable. It, there you know Final Fantasy 6 released here as 3 was really dark and had some very 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 dark elements in it. But without the graphics and without taking it all the way, it, it didn't quite have the same effect. Plus, we've talked about it in the NBA Jam episode. There's a time in your life where games aren't as cool. And when 94 is when it came out. And 13, mm, that's kind of in that phase where you're kind of like in between. And, and really, I stopped playing games around then. It wasn't until 7 came out that I, I, I got back into gaming. Because you were already at the point where you were like, I can't jump on this PlayStation trend. Like, f*** you. You know, I want, yeah, you're right. I was a hater even then. You were already at that point and, and marketing worked on you, but it worked in the right way. It worked in the way where you went, gaming is cool again, just like NBA Jam did from an arcade perspective, from a home console perspective, this game changed in-home gaming and people like you who were already starting to kind of go Meh, and get past it, it brought you back. It didn't just change gaming, it changed me. It changed my life in terms of, you know, it came out at when I was 16, really started playing it when I was 17. The themes of life and death uh, were so touching and meaningful to me. They still stick with me. The story was kind of the basis of almost spirituality for a, a significant portion of my life. The basic concept uh, uh, between every living being on the planet human beings, animals, trees, everything has spirit energy. And when you die, it returns to the planet and goes to the life stream. And this corporation's sucking this stuff out and using it as energy. And uh, so they're really using people's souls, the planet's soul. Cause, and that was just, that just connected with me on, on a level that made sense to me, that, that made souls and the afterlife, so to speak, kind of make sense. And it's really good from the standpoint of it. It is environmental. Yeah, you shouldn't be blowing things up and killing innocent people. But the, the, the environmentalism themes, the spiritual themes were incredibly powerful. So, so I have this game to think as the reason why when you grew up, you wanted to be a hermit and go live in the woods. This had a lot to do with it, definitely. I can't let this whole episode go by without mentioning the villain Sephiroth. Still uh, just a legendary villain uh, on so many top villains lists. Looked cool, act cool, had a sweet sword, was genuinely evil, but like the badass kind of evil. There's an iconic shot where he's burning down a village and he walks through the flames and it's just like, holy crap, this, this, this guy is awesome. And the song at the end when you fight him is just, it was really one of the first times that games ever had like symphonic music. I, I, I mean, I, 
people aren't going to understand that there was a time before this where, where it was just chip tunes and, and four track Nintendo sounding music. And they actually recorded with a symphony and, and opera singers and, 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 and that's commonplace now in games. And, and this was just so mind blowing at the time. Uh, and the ending was so powerful. Um, and, and and was one of those that had the confusing ending that had people talking about it to this day. What does it mean? What did it mean? What really happened? And I love endings like that, um, like 2001 A Space Odyssey, where, where people can talk about it. I think that really extends the life of a game rather than just wrapping everything up in a nice little tidy bow. It's the sign of, of great entertainment. Nobu Yumatsu's music, again, is just incredible. It, it, it moves me to tears almost. Uh, there's certain songs. Fans will know what I'm thinking of a specific scene and a specific song. Uh, the guy's a genius. And um, I, I, I'm so happy. And I'm really enjoying the remake. I'm actually really enjoying the remake. So, um, shock. <laughs> 